Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Geeks of the Machine, Doctor Who edition? Question mark? I think we did recaps. Yes, we did recaps. So you may be asking yourself, Jasmine, where have you been? What's going on? I needed you in my life and you weren't there. Well, life happens. And if we're being honest, these really first two episodes were basically one episode. They they didn't need to split them up. But anyway... I am your host, Jasmine, and today we have guest host, no, co-hosting Adelaide. Hello, Adelaide. Hi, Jasmine. (laughs) So, let's start off with the first episode of Doctor Who, entitled The Woman Who Fell. How did you feel about The Woman Who Fell to Earth? I liked, so I think the writing was good. I liked the episode, I liked the Doctor. Uh, I like the companions that we're seeing so far. So it, overall, I wasn't displeased with it. I do think it had problems, but we're probably going to go into that. So I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to just jump on that yet, as much as I'd like to. And that's my tendency <laughs> to do that. Well, overall, I was like, okay, this is nice. Um, initial impressions, I was like, okay, I'm not. I don't hate it. Um, I, I gave a little overview of the show, but it's some in-depth things in my actual physical notes that I'm going to mention. Um, but let's start off with Ryan. Ryan Sinclair. Um, fun fact, Ryan has a developmental coordination disorder, and that's why we see him initially trying to ride a bike. Did you get that, or am I just informing you of that? You're just informing me of that aspect of it, but I do, uh, that makes a lot more sense. However, you know, I know people that can't ride bikes at, at my age, so, you know, <laughs> I'm like, eh, that's normal. <laughs> and honestly, that's what I thought, too. And as I was looking for information, like, then it was the whole ladder thing. And it was other elements. And basically, this disorder means that he has trouble planning his movements and coordinating. I like that they have that in there then. It makes me like, I it, wish... just, like appreciate it fairly well because it's done without being, I don't know, never mind. I'm not going to, never mind. <laughs> no, it's fine. You could say it's done without being like overly dramatic. Like Yeah, it's done without being like overly dramatic. It's done without being, um, I, I don't know. It's done realistically. Overemphasized. Yeah, it's done realistically. It's not just like surface level stuff. It's done realistically. Okay. So another thing that I wanted to mention that they done well in this season, this episode was the interracial couple. Because the first interracial couple that I can remember is Mickey and Rose. And they were horrible. Oh, they were terrible. I can't remember another interracial couple since them. And this season we get Graham and Grace. And they're old. So they're like really in love. And Grace is a take charge person. And Graham is really timid. And he, if any, if I was a character in this season, I'd be Graham. Oh God, <laughs> me too. I, I really like him. I feel like he he is introduced with uh, why are you running towards the alien thing? Shouldn't we be going the other direction? He has common sense that is desperately needed in this show. <laughs> he is, and he is completely on the mark of humanity every time I watch him. <laughs> He's asking the right questions. He is like, maybe this isn't a good idea. I was fine with him. I just, I really appreciate him because you've got the doctor who in every single reincarnation, the doctor's always like, yes, let's go towards the thing that's trying to kill us. Meanwhile, and the companion's like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do that. Finally, we have a companion that's like, um, guys, what is wrong with you? Uh, um, we also have the uh, companion Yasmin Khan. Um, I appreciate it, Yasmin. Okay, how do I say this? She was adequate. Like, <laughs> I didn't like her as much as I liked Graham. Yes, but Graham, with his common sense, set the hub bar very high. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, how did you feel about Yasmin? Um, I like her. For me, right now, um, other than Graham, a lot of the companions are still at the like basic companion level, and I'm waiting for them to unpack them a little bit more. And I think she got a little bit more of that in the second episode. Yes, which we will talk about in just a few minutes. See, I have that tendency. <laughs> um, so Ryan, we see this initially started with Ryan, and he sees a magic orb fall from the sky and decides to touch it because that's what you do when you see things that fall from the sky. 
Oh my god. See, this is this is why Graham needs to just be everywhere and be like, no, don't touch the thing that fell from the sky. Don't do that. Maybe take a picture of it with your cell phone, but other than that, don't do that. Also, I was just like, is this really something that you did? Really? Like, as an average... Like, because we're about in the same age range, age range as Ryan. Yeah. And I know me personally, not touching it. What nope. about you? Like, no, I'd be I'm, like, nope, that I'm bike can stay that. there too. Like, that is, yo, know, Graham, bike is gone. Nothing I can do. We can get you another one. Uh. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'm not touching that. I'm running the other direction. I'm probably taking out my phone once to take a picture of it and then running somewhere to show that I have proof of thing fell from sky. Maybe professionals should investigate the thing. Well, here's the picture of the thing, and here's the location <laughs> with its little geotag on it. Go. Go th- go to the thing. <laughs> um, he calls the police for some reason. I, and conveniently, the police officer is his elementary school friend. Now, as an adult human being, I have existed in life for quite a while. And I have done my fair share of calls to the police. I've gone out in public, calls for security, etc., you know, you get hit by a car, you call the police. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? The usual stuff, yeah. Been right. There. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm like, yo, this is what's happening in my name. No, I don't care. But, like, uh, I I have a lot of people. I went to school about a block from my elementary school. Never seen any of them again in life. Like, I moved, how about- so most of them are way up north. <laughs> but even still, like, <sighs> I, I don't know. It was very convenient to connect them. I don't understand why it had to be elementary school. And honestly, I don't think I'd recognize anybody from elementary school. I mean, we all look like little potatoes with hair at that age. <laughs> so, like, I I don't think I'd recognize anybody. I think maybe I'd be like, you look kind of familiar. Do I know you? And then after talking with them and figuring out their name, I'd be like, oh, yeah, now I know you. And I don't know why they didn't do, like, high school or something. Mm, I don't know why we had to know each other anyway. I mean, if we have to have that connection, why did it have to be elementary school? Mm. Um, so we get Yasmin, who is a police officer. Uh, I don't think they mentioned what Ryan does. Did you catch that? I feel like he was unemployed and like searching for a job. Well, Doctor Who companion is definitely not the way to get employment. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of free housing and board, so I guess you may as well. Not really, because she drops you off back home. The doctor always drops you off back to your house. <laughs> you are a pet that you do not get to sleep on the doctor's bed. I was about to say, unless you're Rose, but... We both know how I feel about Rose. <laughs> <laughs> um, Graham, we find out, is retired. And he was a retired bus driver. I don't recall what Grace did. Do you? No. Oh, yeah. She was a she was a nurse. Okay. So those are the three people that we see, and even Grace is in the pictures. So as I'm watching this, I just knew Grace was gonna be a companion, and they were gonna have four companions. Was I the only one? Um. Are you talking about the thing? Because am I not allowed to mention the thing? Yeah. No, you can't mention the thing. Okay, fine. I'm talking about the first like. Five to seven minutes. Uh, yeah. Um, I was excited for all four of them, frankly. And I didn't know that... Uh, well, I didn't. it wasn't that I didn't know, but I didn't like expect them to do the interracial couple so well, so I was very excited. And that was... The, they were very sweet together. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated it because they did it as a normal couple. Like, they didn't emphasize, he's, he's white and I'm black. Look at us. That's like when they write um, same-sex couples. It's like so dramatic and so unrealistic. It's just like, no, they're a normal couple. They <laughs> hold hands. They kiss. They're, they're in love. They just mm-hmm. just act like a normal couple. If you write a heterosexual or, um, I don't know, same-race couple. I don't know how to say Bi-racial. that one, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, no. I guess it would be, um, I don't know. Do you have a name for same-race? I would I have know. to be. Inter- no, it's not interracial. Single race? I don't know. Let uh, us yeah. know in the comments <laughs> if you know. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you write any other couple, just write them the same way. Yeah, just I agree write them it. out as like if you're so homophobic or so scared of 
interracial couples out there that you can't write them without picturing them, you know, same race and uh, heterosexual. Just write them as you would that way and then change them. It's not hard. Or you could just, you know, be normal and write them the normal way. <laughs> um, We also have the people who are very eager to go exploring with the doctor after we come on the train. The doctor's on the train, falls through the sky, and we see just everyone there. My thought was they got in through a window. Trains have multiple exits. Been on a train several times. The windows, you just pull out a window and they pop out. They do. And (laughs) there's like... Even between cars, there's like there's multiple stuff going mm-hmm. on. So it's just I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Like I was like, have no one ever been on a train? Is this what's happening? No one knows how to train. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just Britain and their trains are different. I don't know. I feel like trains are pretty much universal, unless you're in Japan, and then they have the super high speed trains. Yeah, I'm jealous of those. Well, in Taiwan, one of them went off the track, so. Let's not be too jealous. Yeah, R.I.P. Well, Amtrak goes off the tracks like once a year here, so. Hey, we're America. We're the best. <laughs> that is a complete joke. I was going like, to say, I me. can hear the sarcasm <laughs> in the voice there. Um, Where was I? Uh, They have the alien tech. Oh! Here was my thing. Why would alien tech be unlocked by a human finger? Okay. So I read that as it like imprinted or something where it was like, oh, hey, look, I'm after it. I don't know. It's it's just like, hey, look, first warm body that contacted me. I am now imprinted on this thing. Tim Shaw already said that he was colder than most of the people who were on the planet. Okay, then I don't know. Like, that's my, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Then I, I hate know. you all. I you. hate you all. I tried, Doctor <laughs> Who. I tried. Um. Uh, the guy had a camcorder, and he was like, "This thing took my sister twenty four years ago. Don't let it take." Like, and he has like a a a wrench or something is like hitting it, and I was wondering a few things. One, who has a camcorder as a person? Especially like in, in this day and age. Who right, does in this that? Day, it would have been it would have made more sense if he did it on his phone. Yeah, if he just whipped out a cell phone and everybody would have been like, Oh yeah, cell phone. Like I don't <laughs> even think we blink. Right. Two. What happened to the other guy who he was talking to? They don't want you to remember like, the other guy. I'm pretty sure it was another guy that he had a conversation with or something. I he said go wait outside. One. Yeah, I remember that. And I don't know where he went. <laughs> Three, why would you attack the thing that took your sister with a wrench? What if you damaged it? Like, you don't know what this thing is. You don't know how fragile it is. You don't know anything about it. So instead of saying, uh, maybe I'll... Like, even if we're saying that the first thing you want to do is attack the thing, wouldn't logic override that since you've been looking for your sister for 20-something years? And you're like, how do I get my sister back? you want me to try and defend them? Because I can't. <laughs> what were your thoughts about this whole scene, Adelaide? Um, I felt it was a really weird backstory to... I don't know. I guess I didn't really like the idea of the thing that had taken his sister so long ago. And he was like, yes, no one, no one will believe me. Here's the video I, I made before I died about it. And it's just like... I felt a little... I felt a little Fox Mulder of it. And... That only works in that case because we know how Fox Mulder is in X-Files and seeing it here is just, we don't have the character to base it off of. And even then it was a whole government conspiracy, not actually aliens, blah, 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 blah. So it just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really appreciate it without the character development behind it. We also have the amazing addition of time of DNA bombs, which were implanted in everyone. Were as far as weapons that we've seen in Doctor Who, how would this rank for you? It's interesting 
I would have liked to have seen it explained a little more. Well, she did explain. I like cause for me, I was like, okay, I appreciate this is a different weapon that we haven't seen. Yeah, I know that we haven't seen it. I'm just like not sure if I. Because she said that once they explode, they unravel your entire DNA sequence. Yeah, that's the thing I'm stuck on. Eh, I'm fine with it. It's alien. I'm okay. Okay, fine. Alien <laughs> technology. <laughs> that's one of those suspens- the suspension of disbelief thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and everyone was pretty chill about the whole DNA bomb thing. I was watching it like, I'd be freaked out. Like, where was Graham? Because even he was just like, yeah, just question about the bombs in our neck. No, that's not the, the way you ask that. No, no, you have a bomb in your neck. How This is no different than having some other type of bomb strapped to your chest. You should be scared. And yet you're so, you're all so chill about it. I don't, they I don't were. understand. Like, <laughs> it's just, everybody is just pretty cool for having a bomb on them. Um, we also have Carl, who was basically a throwaway character, but he became a trophy this episode. And we found out what they did with the trophies. So I feel like that'll come up soon. In uh, or at least by the end of this season. Yeah, I got the feeling that's going to reoccur. Uh, they mm-hmm. wouldn't go through the effort of saying that the trophies... The trophies are still alive in suspended yeah. animation. Like, they wouldn't go through the effort of saying that if they weren't going to bring them back. Or at least attempt to. Which would be a horrible life, if we're being honest. Especially, like, considering how long they could have been in suspended animation. Like, what? (laughs) Imagine being there from, like, the 1850s and then waking up in 2018. (laughs) That would be horrifying. (laughs) Granted, she's got a time machine, so... Hmm. Um, we also have Tim Shaw, who is an alien who comes to Earth every so often. Uh, alien is part of an alien race, the Stenza. Stanza, it is Stenza, correct? I assume so because otherwise I'm just gonna think music if it's Stanza. <laughs> but he comes, uh, th- his race comes to Earth every so often to hunt for their trophy. Which, if we're being honest, they take one person every few decades it's not really um it's not a bad crime (laughs) if they took care of the people properly it's basically like adopting a pet yeah i mean they put them in suspended animation so they're not really right well i said if they took care of them properly okay (laughs) yeah to like to us, it's like, oh no, it's a horrible crime. But at the same time, when we go to like the animal shelter and pick up a cat, we're not like the the other cats are not hopefully are not like, oh my god, they just got abducted by aliens. Right. But for all we like, because we do that constantly. Even if you think of fish, we're constantly pulling them out of their natural environment, and either putting them in a tank, pulling putting them like on our dinner plate, whatever. You eat goldfish? Ew. I said fish. I didn't say goldfish. It's a lot of fish that you can actually... Like, you could keep catfish. I know, I'm just making the point that you said pet originally. Well, well, fish aren't... I mean, I guess you can keep fish as a pet, but I wouldn't. I have a cat. That would be dinner either way. Ah, see, my (laughs) cats really liked watching the betta fish tank. That was funny to watch. Yeah, mm, my cat is a hunter. His paw would always be on the water. Like, to secure that... They tried it. They tried it. I had a lid, and uh, they broke the lid, and one fell in. And ever since then, <laughs> none of them tried it again. Uh, but anyway, back to Doctor Who. Um, we find out about the Santa, and like they're an alien race, pretty warlike. They're conquerors, and we find out about Tim Shaw. I don't remember his actual alien name, but we're calling him Tim Shaw because the Doctor called him Tim Shaw. Um, and we also find out about the orbs. And initially, the doctor feels like they're a dueling aliens who use Earth as a battleground. We come to find out that it's not true. And the doctor is um, completely wrong right now. Um, the orbs are a weapon that Tim Shaw snuck onto Earth because he couldn't win without cheating. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Honestly, I think the main thing I remember from Tim Shaw is the gross teeth thing. 
And like I know that that's probably not something we even need to address, but the the taking of the little like trophies from oh yeah, and hunts, putting them in his body. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> I did not like that at all. That was like um, I don't remember the name of the phobia, but seeing little holes and things. I I don't fully have that, but that that got close. That was fine. They were trophies, Ugh. and it made sense to him. I was okay with it. I didn't care. Why did it have to be teeth <laughs> in the skin though? That was that was horrible. Eh. They're taking them as trophies. What, what? Well, then, like, I don't care where their thumbs is a necklace or something. Like, Pirates of the Caribbean, don't stick their molars in your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, We also have Carl, who is based... I mentioned Carl, but uh, he's basically a nobody. He's a throwaway. And he's literally listening to... The funny thing is that I just called him a nobody, but he was listening to audio. Like, I am someone... I am. I'm just gonna say, how dare you call him a nobody when he's listening to these self-help tapes about that issue? How dare you? But we find him. He is the character, the trophy. And if anything, that should be the biggest boost to his self-esteem. That Elvis right? traveled however many miles to come and get you. Just for him. You are you are the trophy that he has come to hunt. He's cheating to do it too, so you know it must be good. <laughs> um we also have the doctor's new look how did you like the doctor's new look because i was watching it and i was like i appreciate this it's a lot of elements we've seen it in the trailer but this was seeing it in action question though why did the doctor have to have a montage about getting dressed i don't know that feels like, a little like She's a girl, let's give her a shopping moment. But it was a very pretty woman. Like, yeah. I I don't know. I like the coat, I don't like the shirt. I don't necessarily like the, the pants, but like it suits her. And that's the important part. Um, I was a fan of it. I I can't really complain. Um, we also have Doctor Who builds a new sonic screwdriver from spare parts. Um what? When did, were we able to do that? Question mark? Yeah. Like I, I don't know. Go ahead. Like, initially, I thought only the TARDIS could build sort of screwdrivers, which is why the other doctors never did it before. See, I kind of, on the one hand, I liked it because it, it sets her apart from the other doctors, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but on the other hand, I thought it was a little weird that she, didn't she use, like, a a spoon at one point in there? Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah, why? Um, we find out that they're like trying to stop uh Carl Kevin, what is it? Carl from <laughs> being killed and ultimately the doctor succeeds, but Grace dies in the process. After she successfully destroys the corals. Uh I want I wanted to kill like, I felt like I wanted to be sad about Grace's death, but the reality is I didn't know her well enough to care. They, I think the problem I had with Grace's death was that was not necessary. Why does she have to die to further Graham's character development? Why does that have to be a thing? Can we not well, do that? I, I don't think that, because Graham even told her not to do it, but she did it so that she could stop the coil. The coil. Coil? Coil. <laughs> Because it was already like having issues, and she wanted to make sure that it didn't hurt anyone, because it was like sparking. I know, but still, I didn't. I liked the interracial couple. I agree, but I like I don't care about her, so I don't care enough that she died. If you get what I mean. No, yeah, I get it. You don't have the. I think I'd feel that way about the about most of the companions right. at this point, but. Like, I don't have enough of attachment to be like, oh, poor Grace. Like, and they tried really hard at the funeral scene to make you care. I think and that's I was... actually why I was mad, because it made it seem more like it impacted him more than it impacted the audience. And in a way, that makes sense, because, you know, relationships and all. But at the same time, like, it felt more like it's it was done to serve him and not to serve the plot. Hmm. I would have felt better, personally, if Ryan was the one who was up there speaking. Since yeah, that was her grandson. Yeah, that would have felt... and Or, you know, at least 
maybe both have both of them do it. I did like um, that he revisited the bike though. Well, we also fig- found out that Ryan's father doesn't care about him. <sighs> okay, so I'm gonna go racial for a second here. I don't like the fact that Ryan's black father does not care about him. I think that's a stereotype that's perpetrated too often. And I didn't like to see it. Was it partially because he um, because he has that... What the disorder? Yeah, the disorder. I'm not sure. Because they did, they just said that the father never shows up whenever he comes, whenever he says he will, and he didn't even show up to his mother's funeral. Wow, that sucks. So, and okay, so maybe let's say hypothetically in the future they say the father's not black, the father's white. Ryan's biracial. I still don't like this portrayal. Yeah. But because then it, again, it, that wouldn't even kid. make sense because the mother's like the grandmother's black, so. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make excuses for this to be right, and it's not working for me. Continue with your thought, Adelaide. I was just going to say that if... Because then you have a white... Then you've got a white guy abandoning his biracial son. So even then, it's not... like Even then, that sounds terrible. It's just... I don't know. Because I don't know. I understand that we've seen a lot of good parents. I don't like the first bad parent that we see that I'm recalling. Can you recall another bad parent? I'm thinking, hang on. Like, because I'm trying to dig really hard to save this. I know, <laughs> my my brain is running through files right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's another one off the top of my head, at least companion-wise. Like, let us know in the comments, because before they were all dead. Or they were just, like, living their best life. And, yeah, like, they, they were... They were either dead or, like, trying hard, but not doing well about it, but... Mm-hmm. I don't like the first black father-son relationship we see is a negative one. Um, If I hadn't mentioned that, would you have noticed that, Adelie? Well, I think I... Once you mentioned that he had the disorder, I read it that way, and that he abandoned him because of the disorder, and I was like, wow, what a jerk. Um... So that was the way that my brain twisted that. So no, I don't think I would have picked up on it. But also, like, I kind of have a jackass of a dad sometimes. So, <laughs> hmm. probably shouldn't um, have said that. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody has their moments. So, um, ba 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 ba. The doctor builds a teleporter so that she can reach the TARDIS. She says goodbye to everybody. Uh, oh, and they are in deep space. Basically, the doctor just killed four people or three people. That's a big like I text, I message Adelaide, like, yeah, the doctor just killed people. What were your thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of agree. That was, I don't know, that was, that was a thing that I guess they killed them. I don't know. That, that whole sequence was honestly after the, after the, crane situation i kind of got a little bit distracted hmm. um is there anything else that you want to talk about about this episode that i may have missed yes there was one thing and i think this is the main thing that bothered me through this whole episode was taking such a long time for her to say that she's the doctor well because i i, I was okay with that because she didn't remember who she was see that still bothered me though because it felt like they're building up this whole point. Like, we as the audience know she's the doctor. You're not revealing anything this way. <laughs> so, what's the point? And, like, we all know she's the doctor. She's been she's been referenced throughout the entire summer, we know. You're not, you're not going to surprise us by having her say, Oh, I'm the doctor at the end of the episode. It was just, for me, it wasn't even, like, it wasn't even a dramatic moment. It was just like, yeah, you're the doctor. Congrats. You spent the entire episode <laughs> building that up. And it just felt like, I don't know, it felt like they were it doing it because flat. she's a woman. Hmm. And they were like, they oh. wanted it to be a big emphasis that she's the first female doctor. She's the first one. We have to make her say it in a great way. And I'm like, no, oh, just, she's the doctor. Just do it the way you would do it if it were Matt Smith or David Tennant. Why do you have to do it this way? My issue, that just reminded me of an issue. She was very apologetic. 
was I the only one who caught that? Um, I think now that you bring it up, yeah. I, I, without jumping too far ahead, I see that more in the second episode. Mm-hmm. But it was just, I don't know. I didn't like the apologetic side. Because every woman is not like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I exist. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway, some more information about this episode. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we move on to another smaller section of the episode? No, no, that's fine. That was okay. the main thing I wanted to get out. So... In other news about this season and onward, and I know Adelaide is going to love this news, Steve Moffat and Brian Munchen have stepped down. They yes. stepped down at the end of the 10th series. Good. <laughs> Go away. How did you feel when you heard that, Elliot? I am ecstatic. <laughs> oh, you I, just heard it? Uh, Well, I heard that they were thinking about it a while ago and i was like yes go away i knew that they weren't showrunners anymore which is the best part um so yeah i'm glad because although i think the rare the rare moffat compliment coming up um i think moffat writes well when he's not in charge when he is given free reign and he is in charge it doesn't turn out well when he is part of the writing team and he's not like at the head of it, then it is okay because he's got other people that he has that rein him in and keep him under control. That's when you get like the monsters that I tend to like. However, when he's not, when he's in control, then you get really weird plot lines, you get really weird story arcs, you get terrible companions and stuff like that. Yeah, I was fine. I didn't carry the way. <laughs> um, the new executive producers are Chris Chumball, Matt Stervens, and Sam Hall. Fun fact about Chris Channel, he did Torchwood. Oh, cool. So I'm expecting great things. Yes, me too. <laughs> um, and Very as far as to live up to now. <laughs> as far as ratings, okay. Overnight, the first Doctor Who episode received eight point two eight point twenty million views. That's the highest viewership since the time of the Doctor. Are you surprised? Um, yes and no. Uh, a little bit that it was that high, but at the same time, this is the first female Doctor. They're probably bringing in a lot of fans that have gotten bored with the series. Hmm. Most likely. Um, the woman who fell received a total of 10.96 million viewers making it the highest series premiere for a Doctor Who in the history of the program. Well, for new Who, anyway. Well, I would assume even old Who didn't get that many. That makes me smile. I'm very, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> um, We found out this season also that we will not see River or Missy. Or Rose. Which... I'm fine with not seeing Rose ever again. Yeah, I don't mind not seeing Rose. I kind of would like to see River, though. I feel like seeing River with um with the newest Doctor would actually be great. I would really like to see that. Maybe Missy, but definitely River. Eh, I'll pass on uh, Missy. I find her exhausting, and it's unnecessary, if we're really being honest. Well, if the Doctor, if the current Doctor stays as kind of passive as she has been i mean she's not super passive for like a character in general but compared to the doctor she's very passive um if she stays that way i feel like missy would almost overpower her so i don't want exactly having them together i'd rather see her go through some character development before we see her with missy Mm. i didn't like the whole best friend thing like would you be my these are my new best friends when have we ever seen that I feel like that's almost a meme. Is it? Yeah, that feels Am like I a just Tumblr out of thing. touch. Like <laughs> that, that feels like a Tumblr thing where you see some, and like I feel like I've used that before, where you, someone says something that you like agree with on a very deep level, and you're like, yeah, and it doesn't even need to be a deep level. It could just be like, yeah, I like cats, and you're like, I love you. You're my new best friend. Like that seems like a meme thing that was just taken in the wrong kind of way. Hmm, I've seen that years ago. Is that still a thing? Uh, not so <sighs> much from what I've seen on Tumblr, but. Okay. <clears throat> anything else that you want to talk about? about uh, anything else that you would like to say about episode one before we move on? No, I'm good. All right. 
Doctor Who, Episode 2, Ghost Monument. Um, This episode picks up exactly where the previous one ended. Where the Doctor has just killed three people. But conveniently, thanks to plot convenience, they are rescued by Argostrom and Ebzo. Two pilots in an intergalactic race. They're, well, rescued respectively. The Doctor ends up with Argonal, Augustrum, and the two men end up with Epsil. What were your thoughts about the initial meeting of those two? Um, I didn't care that much. I, it, it felt pretty Doctor Who-ish, so, you know, once it gets to the spacey stuff, I kind of zone out. My problem was how convenient that the ship who picked up the doctor and uh the doctor and what Yaz yes, yeah. only picked up two people when there was clearly four floating. <laughs> are they in a, I mean, okay, it says they're in a race and like they are racing through the episode, but is it I don't know, is that part of it? They're now competing for resources outside of that possible race? I don't know. I'm trying to justify it and I don't think I'm doing well. No, because it doesn't make sense. If you're trying to pick up bonuses, which we find out later that they are, wouldn't the more be better? See, I would assume. But I don't know. Mm. Um, the doctor, uh, the doctor and yes, and the, the doctor and the companions, let me just say that, land on a planet called Desolate. We learn the history of Desolate throughout this episode. We learn about the scientists, the weapons, and the skins of connection. So let's start off with the scientists. I appreciated the fact that we found out the Stenza, who are this horrible race that hunts humans for trophies, also kept a brain lab for them to make better weapons. Like, and it seems like a very mis- what is not missionary? What is what am I thinking? What's the word I'm thinking of? I am not sure. Mercenary. It's 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 an excellent mercenary move to keep your weapons developers right by you. Take their family hostage and force them to make you better weapons. Did you like this element? Um, I did. I actually, I liked this episode. I think I liked it better than I liked the first one. Um, I liked the, I liked, I don't necessarily like the slow reveals that they're doing, um, but this one was not quite as, it didn't drag as much. And I enjoyed seeing the, the history of this planet that we were, that we got to explore this season, or this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the history of the planet, we find out that the planet was completely destroyed because of the weapons the scientists made and the whole planet became a testing ground. (sighs) The weapons were all around them. Like, the whole planet itself was a weapon. Which we've seen with the Daleks, but not to this extent. Um... And we found out that Stenza was holding their family hostage, and if they didn't create, their families would die. Did you like Desolate as a whole, now that I've explained everything? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think I especially liked, like, at first I just didn't care, because it was just, oh, yay, alien planet, yay. Oh, dear, everything wants to kill them on the alien planet. How how novel. Um, I think I liked it when it when it mentioned that, let me rephrase that. As it um, as it progressed and it was shown how it became that way and how everything, even including the water, wants to kill them, and that's when I started appreciating it more, because it was just it was like the nuclear fallout of a of a war. There, that's what that was to me, and I actually kind of like seeing that. Agreed. It. I loved it. I loved the weapons. Uh, I, it was so many elements that I love the robot guards. Um, I didn't want to specify too much with the robot guards, but I did like uh, what's his name, Ryan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked Ryan's Call of Duty reference there. Uh, I was going to mention that. Jeez, Allie. <laughs> um, Just let me jump ahead. It's what I do. The Metipods implanted a universal tracker inside of everyone's neck, except the doctor, I would assume. Um, This felt very much like the worms from... Guardian, not Guardian of the Galaxy. What is it? Um, okay, I think I know what one you're talking about, but now my brain can't. <laughs> it's trying to make that Hitchhiker's connection. Guide to the yes, Galaxy. Thank you, Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on the implant? Um, I liked it. I especially liked Graham's response to it, which was, "Can things stop putting, or can aliens stop putting things in my body without my permission?" And um, I got a nice laugh out of that. Um, I was also wondering why, how would this affect them on Earth? Because if it's a universal translator... I know, right? Can they just understand any language now? And can they speak it? And then at that point, can I have one? (laughs) Um, as we mentioned, the two pilots are in an intergalactic race. They are the only two left. And the end of the race is a ghost monument which phases in and out of existence every um, 1,000 rotations. We find out from Island's data, Island is the uh, race's organizer, that the Ghost Monument is the TARDIS, which is stuck mid-phase due to the damage that it suffered. Did you like this reveal? Um, yeah, I liked how it, um, I liked this initial reveal. I'll say. Um, and I liked how it gave them the drive and the race aspect of it. So it was a good way to tie it in. Eh. I felt like we've done this before. I felt like we've seen it before. I was like, okay, can we just get to the, the TARDIS and move on? See, that's how I was about halfway <laughs> through the episode. <laughs> I was like, okay, I expected the race to be done by now and you to be dealing with some other conflict. <laughs> um, We we end up at the ruins of a former civilization and we mentioned the sniper robots and as Adelaide jumped ahead <laughs> they have a call of duty reference and he said call of duty taught me how to do this um shooting a alien gun is something that call of duty taught you it absolutely did not but that's why I loved it <laughs> cause I was like I'm pretty sure that's not in call of duty And even if it was, even if, like, with a joystick you can shoot an alien gun, how do you know how this alien gun works specifically? And, and like, I gotta say, I I haven't played Call of Duty, but there is no way in hell I could run out there, like, from the first-person shooter games I have played, there's no way in hell I could run out there and do that. No way. Like, no way. That doesn't prepare you for anything. (laughs) I'm just... uh, That was my thought. I did love the reload, though. Wait, how do I reload? Because most games will have a button that does it for you or do it automatically when you run out. <laughs> and so the fact that he's like, wait, where's the reload? And goes running back. That killed me. <laughs> um, the group learns the residents died from creating weapons of mass destruction for Stenza. Um, and that the dead were cleared away by cloth-like creatures called the remnants. I was fine with the remnants. I liked them. Like, especially the creepy one that just, like, sm- tried to smother him. And luckily for him, because he was a horrible character. But oh, I, I understand it. it. I understand it when he told his story about how his mother, like, forced him to climb up so high. And then told him to jump and said, don't trust anyone, including me. I was like, wow, that's awful parenting. <laughs> I was like, that's awful parenting. Good lesson. Terrible way to teach it. <laughs> well, no, because you should trust your parent. Like, that yeah, shouldn't be the... The lesson should be, like, this stranger told me to climb. Okay, why did you do that? You were stupid. Yeah, your mom will be there to help you, hopefully. Exactly. But, you know, don't trust the other person that's telling you to climb up a tree and jump into their arms. Um, we all, did, but did you like that? The remnant? Yes, I loved those. The, the initial one that we saw that did nothing but try to kill what's his name. Yes, I loved that. That was awesome. Okay. Um, we also get the backstory of Augustrum. Um, and she is trying to get the cash prize to save her family from ethnic cleansing by the Stins. And I didn't appreciate that she kept calling it the cleansing, but I don't know 
because I would have called it murder if they're killing my family. Yeah, I would have called it murder or genocide, frankly. Right. But she called it the cleansing. See, that just that that also makes me uncomfortable though hearing that calling it the cleansing and knowing what it is that that it's still like that made me uncomfortable in the show. So I guess it kind of worked, but it also like I I would have almost preferred genocide like call it what it is. Mhm. Um I appreciated that we like get more development on the stenza. Uh, and this is just even a throwaway line that I really appreciated. We find out that the sheets kill and eat um, the creature, any creature that they connect. They're basically to kill away the wounded or the dead. I was also fine with this. This made perfect sense. Like, if we're in the middle of a war and I don't want my enemy to get up again, here you go. I'm gonna throw some sheets that don't move until night. This is okay. This is what I will say as a human. This is horrible, and I would not want it in humanity. But as a a, a alien or a person who is constantly at war, it makes sense. Yeah, I frankly I loved it. I loved the concept and how it was like. I almost thought of it as like, I didn't think of it as not wanting the enemy to get up, although that's a really good way of putting it. I thought of it as clearing away like biological hazards and clear, like it was a medic gone too far and it was killing, it was killing the wounded and taking them away so that they're not, either they don't become biological weapons for your enemies or that they, you know, stay dead. And that was, I don't know. I just, I really appreciated that from like a, from a villain standpoint and from like, if you're in war, yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> uh, we also, throughout the episode, see episodes self-lighting cigar. And he is just holding the cigar. He's toting it. And at, at that point, you knew, like, this cigar is going to be a major plot point. Yeah, I know. Just write Chekhov's gun on top of it, and we got it. All right? <laughs> Stop it. Um, um, and while the group is cornered, we find out that the sheets can look into each person and of course the doctor's like yeah look inside of me i've been alive for 12 regenerate 12 lives or whatever which is not true because the doctors really don't live that long like that we've seen like that's not a whole life so it, it shouldn't take if we're really being like okay i will say the oh peter the old doctor he was alive for billions of years uh, Matt Smith's doctor was alive for a very long time because he went to go Christ- he went to Christmas. But most of the doctors have a very short lifespan. Yeah, I agree. I feel like most of them feel like they only last, huh? Maybe two or three years. No, um, <laughs> like they feel like maybe they last. You know, human wise, I feel like they have the lifespan of like a ten year. Like they go like ten years, and they've got the lifespan of like a house cat, and they. <laughs> well, the house cat can live up to twenty if we're being. <laughs> this is true. And, um, but it feels like, you know, it feels like a house cat where they're, they regenerate, there's a little kitten phase as they work everything out and then they progress into adulthood throughout the season and then they regenerate again and then you have another cat. <laughs> How many times can I reference cats in this series? Let's go. Um, we find out that the doctor, we get a timeless child reveal. Um... And by reveal, I mean they mention it. Nothing is revealed. We learn nothing except that the doctor doesn't know what they're talking about. I was okay with this. Like I feel like I'm okay with most of this episode. Like, <laughs> I mean, I agree. I really liked the. I don't want to call them the villain, but they were kind of the villain of this season or this episode, and I really liked them. They were cool. Mm-hmm. And like the doctor was like, "Yeah, they're talking just to." Um, distract you don't let them distract you and then they grab the doctor and conveniently they're able to toss up the cigar and light it and set them all on fire because of the gas did you like the way they destroyed them um yes and no on the one hand if your atmosphere is that flammable you might have a problem breathing in there um on the other hand that was 
it was cool looking. You know, explosions are fun. <laughs> we also have the doctor convincing the pilots to claim a joint victory. Um, I was fine with this. I was like, it makes sense. I didn't expect um Fzo to go along with it. Uh, I would have also liked to see. Uh, there was a lot of flirting between Epso and uh, uh, Strong, at least to me. Yeah, I saw that too, and I didn't really like it at first. And I don't know if I'd, I don't know. I still don't know if I would want them together. But I feel like if we saw more of their characters, I could get on board with that. Eh, I was fine with it because they. Like, <laughs> quote of the day: Jasmine was fine with it. Um, it it didn't matter. Like at the end of the day, she was trying to find her family, and he wasn't about. Like so, even if they did get together this episode, that wasn't a long term relationship. That that would matter. Oh no, definitely wouldn't have been long term. <laughs> um, and I appreciated that they threatened, um, Elon, and was like, "Yeah, if we don't have two winners, we'll kill you." So I will make sure that your life is short and agonizing. The choice is yours, though. <laughs> I loved that. I was so happy to see him get threatened as he's sitting on the this holographic throne of riches. I'm like, wow, so much opulence. And here you are, terrified of him right now. That's That was fun for me. <laughs> um, And they end up splitting the prize. Both are happy. It's exciting. And like they said, like... What's his name? He didn't really need... He just needed enough to take care of himself. Whereas Epso... I mean, yeah, Epso needed enough to take care of himself. Whereas Augstrom needed enough for her entire family. Or whatever was left of them. Which has to be a heartbreaking thing to think about going back to your family. Knowing that there is a cleansing happening. Oh, that's so sad. I... I almost want the doctor to intervene on that one. But at the same time, I don't want the white savior complex coming in. But... Uh, I, I do well, not they were like white, it. so... Yeah. Like, I feel like the white savior complex only happens with other races. Like, I mean, if you're white and you save a white person, I think I think you'd be fine. Okay, then yeah, that works for me. <laughs> um, But again, I could be wrong. Let us know in the comments if I'm wrong. Maybe you don't want to be saved by some... I don't know. I don't know why that would offend you. But if it is, let us know. Um, the doctor gives up at the end of this episode when they don't get to the TARDIS and they also don't get teleported off the planet. And it takes everyone rallying around the doctor to say, you can do it, we believe in you, we can survive things together! For the doctor to be like, oh, maybe you're right, and then the TARDIS appears. I didn't like this! I I don't recall ever seeing the doctor give up. Yeah, me either, and I think that's... When when you mentioned that... uh she was a little bit more apologetic. This is where I really saw it. This seems like it doesn't feel like something that you've seen in other doctors, maybe in like classic who there's something there, but this one doesn't, I don't know. It, it felt off for her to be that, I want to say down, but she was, she was kicked and down. She was not, she had given, she had straight up given up. Like, yeah, she did. Really sad to see. Like, and when the doctor gives up, it's really hard to watch because the doctor has been, the doctor's been the source of optimism, and I mean not necessarily optimism, but at least like strength through the seasons. Like they're the one that's going to save the day, and you kind of know that throughout the whole thing. And it's just, it's I don't know, seeing it after so many seasons, it's kind of jarring. It is definitely. Um, but the TARDIS appears, and the doctor uses her sonic screwdriver to stabilize the TARDIS, and then she just goes up and is like, oh, you're external, you changed externally, you look good, blah, 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 she rubs the TARDIS door. It was like a lover reuniting. And yeah, I, I think actually that... thought that was cute. <laughs> In a weird <laughs> way, I thought that was cute. And then she goes like, I forgot my key, I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> I feel like we mentioned before that the true the doctor's true love is the TARDIS. Oh, totally. The doctor's true love is the TARDIS. And I think that's why I thought that was cute. Because <laughs> there's there will never be a better ship than Doctor and TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And that's the one. I would be okay with the doctor like the TARDIS coming back in humanoid form again. 
like because I I loved that so much. That they probably so wouldn't cool. get the same actress. So I hey, I am so on board for this doctor having a wife. I want that. Well, the doctor does have a wife. I know, but she's not coming back in this season because I don't know why. I want River. <laughs> um, did you like the internal look of the new TARDIS? So actually, I I did, and I kind of appreciated how it was a little bit more. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't as fancy as we've seen from like Matt Smith and from uh, Peter Capaldi. Like the the interior of those TARDISes were very they're very showy. And I liked how this one didn't have that feel. This one felt very practical. It almost felt raw, too. Like, this is... You've got those weird pillar things. Glowy crystal thingies. I don't know what to call them. But it felt more... I don't know. It felt more true to what we've seen from, like, classic Who stuff. So you like this better than Moffitt's? Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was fine with the... Okay. I enjoyed it. It was it wasn't anything to write home about. It was like, okay, new TARDIS. This happens every time. I need some time to get used to it. Like I saw the honeycombs on the wall and I was like, Oh, is this a beehive? Like <laughs> It <That> was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was, um, I've seen pictures of it. I like the pictures that I've seen that were released beforehand. This didn't do it for me. Uh, is there anything else that you want to discuss about episode two? Yes, I feel like this episode suffered from the same problem that I mentioned for episode one, where they took a really long time to reveal the thing that we already knew was coming. But I feel like this one was at least pl- a plot point. Like mm-hmm. this was this was a little bit more justified, but at the same time, it feels like it feels like they're dragging their feet and just pulling this reveal out as long as they can because she's. A girl doctor this time and I'm like can't we just have can't you just do it the way you would normally do it why does it have to be a huge thing you're stop doing this please it, it it's kind of ruining the whole oh it's just a it's this, it's just another doctor you don't need to worry about it like no you're making a really big deal about how things are different with her yeah they are um I I was okay with this the first two episodes I thought they were good I thought that was a solid standing for them. I am not doing ratings this episode, guys. Do not get used to that. Um, but as I said, I felt like these two episodes should have been one. They felt like instead of doing a one-hour premiere, they should have did a 90-minute one. And this could have been tacked on in, in 30 minutes, if we're being honest. And they yeah, I think... I'm sorry, go ahead. They could have accomplished the same thing with both episodes in 45 minutes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially because the whole point of these two episodes is just to reveal that she's the doctor and then to reveal her TARDIS. And since that was, we just spent two episodes revealing what we already knew. And I think that's what drives me insane. The most of these two things like, yeah, we already saw all of this coming. Can't you, you could, you could have done this in the first five minutes of the first episode. You didn't need to do this. Well, no, that does. Jeez. Adelaide, you got to build excitement, which is why I said 45 minutes. Like we could have, we could have condensed the whole Carl thing down. Took out the grandmother's funeral because you would assume they had a funeral. We didn't need to see her funeral. We didn't need to see that conversation. You could have took out a much of the second episode. Just had the major plot points when they get to the um, building, when the towels happen, and the end. I mean, they still. I mean, all right. I will say that previous doctors waited till the end of the episode to reveal the TARDIS, but they didn't do it in episode two. They still were like, hey, here's the cool looking new TARDIS. And I don't know, it just bugs me. It bugs me so much that they're dragging it out like this. They're making it a huge deal that doesn't need to be this big. Okay, so the next, we will discuss the next episode soon, guys. Do not worry. We can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I was your host, Jasmine. This was co-host Adelaide. I can be reached at OP Jasmine. Adelaide can be reached at OP Addy. You can boost the show at Real OP Tweets. You can check out the website, overpowerentertainment.com. You can check out the Facebook and the Instagram. Feel free to look at us up, like our pictures, like our stuff, ask us questions. We are fine with that. I will catch you guys in the next episode.
uh, Adelaide is specifically OP underscore Addie. Um, hopefully I put it in the description somewhere. I can't wait to see you guys. Don't forget to check out our other series. Um, Supernatural, Gifted. Uh, Adelaide, do you remember? Because I'm blanking. Supernatural, Gifted, um, Charmed. Yeah, Charmed, uh, Black Lightning, and it's another one that I don't remember, but I will be in the comments when we have links. All right. Bye, guys.